You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Friday, November 2nd. Football Friday, baby. It's football Friday. It is game week for real now. We're a day away from a high noon kickoff tomorrow at the shoe. The blackout. Are you excited about the blackout? Blackout at noon. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Look, I don't really mind the uniforms, but the idea of the blackout at noon it's not really working for me. We'll see how it works. You know, it can get spotty. I don't know how many Buckeye fans are coming out to watch a Nebraska team. But look, they haven't seen their team play in a week. So you know how Buckeye Nation rolls, man. I'm sure they'll be out there in full effect. But when I brought up the jersey, I heard some type of grudge noise from you. Like, sounding like the grudge back there. What's going on? I hate them. I hate the fact that Ohio State wears any any kind of alternate uniform. Are you really I, getting off my lawn in me right now? Yeah. I, I'm that guy, Maddie. And I'll tell you what. I like. Listen, I understand the need to have one, and I understand the need to wear one because it says, oh, you know, look, we got a black jersey, and it's going to help recruits, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. We're going to get these guys in. If these guys want to come to Ohio State, man, oh, all right, they're going to come to Ohio State. But you know what matters. It's not going to be the selling point of a university building. Like, it helps a little we bit. We play in one alternate uniform game a year, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, goodness. man. I can't believe you're doing this to me right now. No, I thought you stu- would be with listen, me. The, the, and I, listen, listen. I think they look good. Like, okay. I think the jerseys look good. Right. I think the all black, I think it looks great yeah. as a uniform. I just hate the fact that Ohio State wears them. You have some of the most traditional uniforms in college football. You know? That is a fact. Those scarlet jerseys with those gray pants. You got the uh, the stripes on the helmet, man. You can't beat it. The I'm buck, with you. The you Buckeye leaves on the helmet, the silver hats. Like, man, the sparkle, the little sparkles in the gray helmet. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like, there's nothing better than that. And I'll tell you my biggest reason that I really started hating them is because for so long, you knew that you know either the week before Thanksgiving when Saturday rolls around or the week after yeah. when they changed the schedule that Ohio State and Michigan, they would tee that sucker off with the scarlet and gray against the maize and blue. And listen, we had a game right here in the horseshoe two years ago mm-hmm. where Curtis Samuel scored a dagger touchdown, one of the most legendary Arms Ohio State-Michigan games of all time, number two against number three in the damn country. And I got to look for years at a picture of Curtis Samuel yeah, wearing a damn cannonball black helmet See, look, it doesn't even look like them. I love that you're fired up about this because I'm a thousand percent with you on that. The Michigan game, what are we doing? It needs to be the traditional uniforms, yes. both those teams coming out, like you said, in the scarlet and gray and the maize and blue. I don't want to see any of that crap, but no, I'm all in on the alternates. Once a year, I don't even care what alternates they wear. Give them to me once a year. I think it's a clean look, the all black. But you know how this works. The kids do care about this stuff. They care about it. That's why Oregon does so well. And That's why all they of these get a bunch of cash. And they get a it. bunch of cash. When you got LeBron James tweeting out sure. pictures of the cleats he's getting for the team. And That's going nice. to do something. They are nice. But I know there's a lot of people that are with you. I just don't mind it for once a year. But no, I am 100% of your camp. But what are we doing with the Michigan game? Like, that to me has to stop. Like, that's got to stop. That one is off limits. It's completely off limits. And I think even bowl games, you don't come out in anything but your original uniform, right? Right. I got no problem with it. If you go back to the 2014 National Championship year, uh, when they released, like, those alternate Ohio State uniforms, right? Mm -hmm. They were a little bit different. I think they had, like, bigger uh, black uh, stripes on the sleeve. 
bigger gray stripes yeah. on the sleeve. Like, those were nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you retool your uniform to right. be able to look more modern and look better. And the mm-hmm. Nike swoosh was popping out a little bit. Yeah. Like, those were fantastic uniforms. But you don't need to touch it. That's what I don't understand. You have one of the most, if not the most iconic uniforms in all of college sports. Those Buckeye leaves look so good. That scarlet and gray shimmering in the November sun Mm. when you take the field against Michigan. Now listen, a game against Nebraska, all right, fine. You want to wear black? Okay. At noon, whatever. I understand it. I get the premise for it. I just hate the fact that you have one of the most legendary, iconic uniforms of all time, and yet you're going to say, eh, okay, well, we're just going to throw that to the weeds for two, three games a year. This needs to stop. It's madness. It's absolute madness. All right, well, let's get into this game a little bit. We've got some urban sound. we got Ryan Day. we got Alex Grinch. We do, we'll do we do picks at the end. You guys know how we do things on Friday. But have you seen the over-under for this game? No, what is it? 73 Yay! and a half. Whoa. Now, that could that could go two ways in your mind. Yeah. That could go the Buckeyes are going to come off the bye week and absolutely roll. Or that could mean we're going to get a shootout between both teams. And if I'm being completely honest, from what I've seen from this Buckeye team, you think the latter? I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout, especially when you talk about guys that we've highlighted all week with Morgan, Stanley Morgan, and J- J.D. Spielman. How am I supposed to change my mind beam and think that automatically this secondary is just going to slow these guys down? Right. It's been the ultimate weakness all year long. The offense, I think, is going to be perfectly fine. Uh, The running game, I think they're going to make it a point to try to run the rock, especially coming off all this noise that they've been hearing for an entire week and a half about how they cannot move people off the ball. I heard Terry McLaurin talk about that's been a point of emphasis in practice, the red zone and the run game, and rightfully so. That's been a ridiculous weakness for this team, and that shouldn't have been that way um, for this long throughout the season. Season, but being the over-under, when I saw that this morning, it really scared me because well, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. This could be a beat down by Ohio State against a team that has two wins and a true freshman quarterback coming into this environment uh, tomorrow. But I think I have to lean with all the evidence that I've seen all year long that I think Nebraska is going to be able to get into the end zone and do some damage against this Buckeye team tomorrow. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're going off of empirical evidence here. We're going off of stats. We're going off of games that we've watched. We're going off of... Uh, everything that we've seen so far. And the last thing that we saw, unfortunately, was Ohio State getting a 29-point beatdown. Now, listen, I know we had Pat Murphy on uh, the podcast yesterday, and Pat was saying, listen, that game was really closer than what it was. You know, failed attempts uh, in the red zone, failed attempts near the goal line. You score a couple of those things, and you let it in. That still doesn't stop the fact that you got beat down by Purdue. Right. By 29 points, you allowed that team to score 40 some points on you, man. It just mm. it doesn't even make sense. And so, you know, I'm looking at this game, Maddie, and I do. I think that uh, Nebraska has a pretty good offense. Scott Frost is in charge of that thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's his alma mater, played quarterback there. Uh, so he's got that thing raring and ready to go. That's a team that's feeling pretty confident right now, uh, coming off a win against Minnesota in the Big Ten West, and they just beat Bethune Cookman uh, last week, which is a football Division two school. Yeah. Uh, because they had to cancel that game against Akron earlier on in the year, so they had to find another opponent opponent there with. The bye week, but yeah, I um, you know, I, I'm anticipating a game, Maddie, where I think Ohio State wins comfortably, but I just I can't see this defense in one week or two weeks really since we last saw them. Sure. I can't see them fixing every single problem. Either, I think this man. is going to be a I think it's going to be a slow process throughout the rest of the year. Now I do think that they're going to play better. Uh, I thought Purdue's offense was pretty good with David Blau and Rondale Moore and company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Martinez and Spielman and those guys are as good as Purdue. So I think you can see uh, a lot of improvements maybe. 
on the defense this weekend, but I still think that, you know, you are going to see a Buckeye defense that's going to give up yards and they're going to give up a little bit of points. I don't see Nebraska scoring, you know, 30 points in this game. Really? I, I, I don't know. I don't see that. See, I'm kind of in that camp. I don't see that happening at all. I see maybe like, you know, a 21, a 24 points, but I can't see them getting to 30. I'm I'm nervous about this. I I'm really nervous because to me it's just it's exactly what we talked about with Purdue to where what they do pretty well has been an absolute weakness for this Ohio State team. And I just I I'm hoping that I am wrong. But I'm just saying what I've been saying the last two weeks. I'm not going to be shocked at all if they come in here and hang up 27 to 31 points on Ohio State. That's not going to surprise me because they have pretty good weapons on the outside. Now you do have a true freshman quarterback, but. Yep. Annexted did come in here. I know he threw some picks, but he wasn't terrible when he came in here. No. He was able to hold his own against this defense. So, no, I, I think you'll get some guys healthy. Hopefully that's all fixed. Here's what Urban uh, said the other day about what they worked on during the bye week. Well, it was a tough loss. And so it was uh, – uh, we haven't had many bye weeks after losses. And so uh, it was it was a, uh, a chance to get that bad taste out of your mouth. It was a chance, as we've been saying, as we've got to get some things fixed fast. And, uh, you know, and then trying to get some guys healthy. And, and to a degree, we did get some guys healthy, but we're still not exactly where we need to be, but we're getting close. And here's Urban on Nebraska's defense and how it, uh, difficult it can be to run the ball. Well, it, it, it's a run defense. It's put in there to uh, fill all the gaps inside, and that's given us a hard time. It gives everybody hard times uh, to run the ball. And, you know, in the time that we're trying to get this thing going, the run game going, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be tough against a bare defense. Hopefully we... You know, we are, have enough balance that if they make a decision to stay in bear, it gives you single coverage across the field, and that's something we've been good at. There it is, Beam. Yeah. There it is. Is it the kryptonite again tomorrow? We're going to find out. I mean, this has been a thorn in this staff's side for the last couple of years since Vatek rolled in here, and teams have figured out that if you want to slow down Ohio State, roll this bear defense out there, and you're going to have a real shot. Now, you heard him talk about the inside run, how that could be a bit of an issue. Uh, to me, if they, if they know that inside, they're not going to be able to move people get outside the tackles, run some stretch plays, maybe run some option stuff, uh, get those guys out there because you need to get them north and south to get some momentum because they need a lot of confidence along with this offensive line. So it's whether it's pulling guards, pulling centers, whatever the case is, if you know you're not going to be able to run it up the gut, uh, Beamer, you have to be able to get outside those tackles. So that's what I'm going to be looking for too because Urban's letting us know right now that on film this is a really good strength, uh, this Nebraska defense is between that A and B gap uh, for this de- for this offensive line. It could be some problems for the Buckeyes tomorrow. I just think that it is a um, a bold strategy nonetheless. Now I know that Nebraska plays this defensive front. Uh, I know this is their style. But, you know, you're coming into the horseshoe against a team, against an Ohio State team that has, has been, throughout the course of the season so far, the most prolific passing team we've ever seen against Ohio State. You know that they struggle with the ground game. And I'm not sure if I was Scott Frost that I wouldn't be dialing up something like a 3-3 stack or a 3-4 defense this week yeah, to really give your defenders and your that second level of your defense uh, other angles and other areas to beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I know that Ohio State has been struggling in the run game, but I don't think that if I'm Scott Frost and if I put my Nebraska hat on for a second, that would worry the hell out of me that we're running a bare front against this team who has been very mediocre to bad at running the football and we want to stop them running the football your focus this week should be on stopping the pass and if I'm a Nebraska fan I'm worried like hell that Ohio State is going to pass all around I know it's been a huge talking point for Mm -hmm. me and you that you have to get the run game you got to get that thing established and I think you'll see tomorrow uh offensive linemen firing off the ball moving people on the line of scrimmage but I'm still like if you run a bare defense all game then 
the opportunities that await you are going to be through the air. They're going to be on the outside. They're going to be deep down the field. And so that's like playing with a matchstick right there. It's like playing with dynamite. You light that fuse. You don't know how long it's going to take for you to explode. And so if I'm a Nebraska fan, man, I am severely worried that we're running a bare front against a prolific Ohio State pass I think it's a great point. You talk about Johnny Dixon, Paris, Terry, all of these guys. Now Benjamin Victor is going to have a chance to step up. We've heard uh, yesterday from Urban that Chris Olave, freshman wide receiver, is going to be in the mix. We'll see what he's going to be able to do. But, no, I mean, those guys, it's been a big play offense all year long. Uh, They should have a chance tomorrow, no doubt, to make some plays, and hopefully they can get that thing done. I want to let you know about Vivid Seats. It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime with Vivid Seats. Listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. With the podcast code Locked On, listeners can receive $200 off orders of 200 excuse me, $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are first-time customers of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and our promo code Locked On to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. This is Locked On Buckeyes. Your team every day. All right, so let's go to the defensive side of the ball before we sprinkle in some Ryan Day, and then we'll do picks in the next segment and call it a week. Um, look, Alex Grinch, he knows his guys are on notice, right? Sure. I mean, this is a guy that came from Washington State. I know a lot of Buckeye fans yep. had high expectations for him. Now, look, he's a young guy. I'm not putting everything on him. because you, sh- you lost Kerry Combs, which has consistently big, been one of Ohio State's best position coaches, maybe no of question, all time. No question. Just watch the draft for over the last couple of years. Yep. You can tell that Kerry Combs has been doing a lot of damage. So Alex Grinch, Taver Johnson, younger guys in the coach. Not Taver Johnson, not necessarily younger, but he's not an older guy yep. like Urban and Shiano. And guys like that. But these guys are new to what's going on. And I'm sure they feel the heat. They're watching the film. And they know that this is not good enough. Uh, here's Alex Grinch on uh, what they um, took advantage of during the bye week. Well, sure. It, it's, it's been a long two weeks. And I think, I, you know, not, not to speak for everybody in the program, but I think most guys would, would echo that sentiment. Uh, and, and so what you do, you want to take advantage of the time. And then that time is both for, uh, you know, self-reflection, which really is a self-scouting um, you know, aspect of things from a coaching perspective, and then you want to take advantage of the time on the field where, where you're not, you know, prepping for a specific opponent, although a lot is geared towards that, that next opponent, but uh, you're able to kind of, um, I guess, uh, you know, have a, a broad, more, more broad strokes as you go through last Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, it, it's obviously been positive, and uh, we're looking for a different result come Saturday. Well, it's good to hear. And, look, when you talk about these bye weeks, I don't think it could have come at a better time for a team that no. really needed to fix a lot of things. So, like you mentioned, you had two weeks to go in there and clean things up and not necessarily worry about Nebraska immediately following the last game. Um, look, I'm just hoping, B. I'm just hoping because you know sometimes how this works. You can go into the film room. You can go out to practice. You can feel good about it. But when those other helmets are rolling around and coming at you, sometimes guys can go back into a sinkhole. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't capable of coming out of it. I'm just not going to be delusional enough, Beam, or naive enough to sit here and say these guys play for Ohio State. They're going to figure out. Maybe these guys just aren't elite players like we've seen from the last couple of years. And I think maybe I just have to accept that. Hopefully it's fixed. I know I'm a bit negative on this defense, but I can't continue to try to talk myself into it, Beam, until I see it, not even just for one week, but I'm going to need to see it consistently. Yeah, I'm 100% with you that – you know, like I said in the last segment, it's just it, it's evidence that we've seen throughout the entire college football season so far that Ohio State has been really, really um, bad at defending the pass. They've been bad at defending uh, slant patterns. They've right. been d- bad at defending deep posts, comeback routes, everything. They have been, you know, bad at doing that. And so, you know, maybe I am. Maybe I am a fickle Ohio State fan. 
Maybe I'm a naive Ohio State fan. Um, but I think, Maddie, when you have a coaching staff that is this talented, you have one of the best coaching staff uh, that have been assembled in college sports and yeah. college athletics right here, you know, a couple miles north of us down here at the radio station. You have a, in a, a field general in Urban Meyer who knows and expects and demands excellence out of these guys every single day. Whether you be, you know, a punting specialist, mm-hmm. whether you be, you know, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, whatever, GAs that are on the team, this guy and Urban Meyer expects excellence every single time that you walk out onto the practice field, into the meeting room, yeah. whatever. And so maybe I am, maybe I'm being fickle, but I really think that this bye week came at a great time. Mm-hmm. You walked out there against Purdue, you got your asses flat out kicked. And that was a huge wake-up call. And so for me, everything that I've been hearing over the past two weeks and how Urban is keeping his guys there on Sunday from 9 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, this is what it takes to be an excellent football team. You need to dissect every single angle of the game. And that defense has been very poor. Listen, they have the players to do it. Those players are good players. And the coaches, I think, for the most part, have been putting them in very questionable situations. Maybe they've thrown something too much at them. Mm-hmm. Get back to the basics of football. Line up and beat the man across from you. So I think this weekend, I would be shocked, Maddie, if we come out there on if we come out of this game on Saturday night and you and I talk, and that Ohio State doesn't punch Nebraska in the mouth, I would be quite surprised. No, and I think you would have every reason to be surprised and every reason to be disappointed. We'll play one more from Alex Grinton and then Beam will let you know about uh, Sling TV. Here he is on the challenge that Nebraska's offense provides. Well, it is. In any more college football, you, you don't get weeks off defensively. I mean, the, the uh, um, and, and certainly when you look at, uh, you know, Coach Frost and, and, and what he's been able to do at uh, you know a couple stops along the way, offensively, and he's got the skill, uh, you know the, the skill group that uh, that you mentioned, and uh, you know like anything, anytime you're talking about a spread offense, you're t- you just got to start with the quarterback, you know a guy that can direct the football down the field and also uh, uh, hurt you with his feet. So uh, major, major challenge uh, again this week. Yeah, he's an elusive guy. I know Urban was interested in Adrian Martinez through the recruiting process. This is the guy that you got to be able to contain, keep in there, and to me, like. A guy like him that I think his strength is his legs, keep him in the pocket as much as possible. Make him beat you that way. Now, he's got some weapons out there that are scaring me a little bit, man. But for the most part, I think if these guys up front, Draymond, BB, Cooper, all of these guys, they should be able to get some pressure on him, Beam. Because if you don't, um, he'll be able to slither out of there or one of these receivers is going to be open because it's going to be too long uh, for the DBs to cover. So, no, I have – I got a lot of respect for Adrian Martinez. I know he's really young, but I know he's a really, really good – or he's going to be a really, really good player. He's learning along the way. But, man, if he gets out of there and starts racking up, you know, 20-yard runs and things like that, that is really going to be a big, big problem for Ohio State tomorrow. Yeah, all they need to do is take a, you know, look at what Penn State's game plan was against Ohio State. Remember how many gash yards uh, Trace McSorley had uh, against the Buckeyes in Happy Valley just a few weeks ago. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, this is a, a quarterback who's very dangerous with his legs. Uh, he's all right with his arm. You know, he's got ways to go. But yep. I think once Scott Frost really gets his paws on Adrian Martinez and really starts to uh, refine things and, you know, get everything clicking a little bit and slowing the game down. But then the question I always ask, I ask myself, Maddie, is, you know, looking at the opponent and looking at a team like Nebraska, 
is the moment too big for Adrian Martinez? And that's what we're going to find out tomorrow. This is a freshman quarterback. He's yeah. coming into a hostile environment, a team, and a fan base that hasn't seen their team play in two weeks. They're going to be foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. That place is going to be noon noon at the horseshoe tomorrow. Maybe a little sleepy, but once mm-hmm. that football gets kicked off, man, uh, that thing is going to get ready to go. But Adrian Martinez is a good player. But yeah. every time a young quarterback comes in here, I ask myself just – is the moment going to be too big? No, for him? it's a good question. And if it was a night game, I would really be in your camp with that. But I, I just think it's – I think from everything – if I'm Adrian Martinez and I've watched film on this Ohio State team, X and O-wise, I'm not shook. Yeah. I'm not shook. Now, the atmosphere can be a whole nother beast. You talk about a true freshman quarterback. This is probably the biggest you know stadium that he's played in up to date. I know Nebraska, they got a lot of stuff going on there. But you're talking about fans getting on you all the time yeah. instead of cheering you all the time is definitely a different thing. I can't wait to see how he handles it. And I really think this is going to be an entertaining game because I think they're going to be uh, some back and forth touchdowns here. Yeah, I do too. Um, And so – I think, you know, you look at this matchup, and this is a matchup really that nobody had circled, no. um, maybe at the beginning of the year when Scott Frost took over. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Maddie. I think it is. I think it's going to be a fun game. And I'm excited for it, man. It's been I two weeks. It's been two weeks without Ohio State football. I didn't know what to do with the bye week last week. <laughs> I didn't Red watch Dead. anything. I was playing a bunch of Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> so maybe this will be Red Scar- or Scarlet Red Scarlet Dead Redemption tomorrow at the Horseshoe. I hope, man. Let them know about Sling TV, please. Yeah, you don't want to watch the game, Maddie. You need to watch the game. Sick and tired of paying for 20 channels that you never want to, that you never watch when you just want to see your team win. Well, Sling TV is the best way you can watch college football. For thirty dollars a month, you can get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, and more. Stream it on your big screen and all of your favorite devices. And Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love, except it's only better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. I did that way better than I did yesterday. Go to Sling TV and check our guys out. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, we got a couple minutes here, but I just want to play this one Ryan Day clip about the uh, just giving a scouting report on Nebraska's defense. A well-coached team. I, you know, I know Derek Chenander, Mike Dawson, two guys on their defensive staff who was with me in uh, Philly. Uh, when I was with the Eagles, and they do a great job. You know, they're a three-down, two-gapping, uh, three-four defense. And when you look at the way they've played the last couple of weeks, as opposed to the way they were played the first couple of weeks, very, very different defense. Uh, I've done a nice job uh, incorporating what they do and, and teaching the guys the defense. Um, and so, uh, you know, they've given up some big plays, but when you look at them, they're they're difficult to run the ball against. And and um, so, you know, it's going to be another good challenge on Saturday. So there it is again, right? You had Urban say it, Ryan Day say it. Now they they know this is going to be a challenge. Has the offensive line accepted this challenge? Because you know it's been a point of emphasis during film for the last two weeks. Is that guys, you haven't been playing good enough. Yep. And this defense that we're going up against is really good or pretty good at stopping the run. Who's going to win this battle? So yeah, I can't wait just, to see how this goes down. Goes down tomorrow. It's a war of who wants to win no the doubt. line of scrimmage. I mean, it's it. It all comes down to Maddie. Who wants it more? Does Nebraska's defensive line want it more, or do those big body movers of Ohio State are they going to be able to finally push some people around? I'm man, so, it'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm so fascinated by it. by it. All right, let's get to these picks for this week. All right, let's start. I mean, look. We love college football, Bean, but the college football gods did not bless us with a fun, a fair slate of games because no. the 3.30 window is just ridiculously Stupid. packed. All right, let's start with some SEC action. Number six, Georgia taking on number nine, Kentucky. You. 
Number nine, Kentucky in football? That's really wild to think. Stoops has got that thing humming down there. I mean, they are going to be frothing at the mouth down there uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. Old Benny Snell and his little spinner that he's got going on his mouthpiece. He's one of the best college football players in college right now. Uh, Watch out for that guy. I just think that the dogs have too much firepower. I think Georgia gets this one done. I do too. Jake Franz been struggling a little bit. He bounced back last week. I just think, man, when you look at the depth that they have compared to Kentucky right now, they'll be able to go blow for blow and Holyfield just runs like an absolute monster at tailback. I'm rolling with the dogs through that game to a 330 on CBS. Uh, another game here, we got number 13 West V versus number 17 Texas. That game is also at 330. Now look, Will Greer, they've got an amazing offense. Texas with a step back, losing to Oklahoma State um, last week. But, look, they still seem to be a pretty good team. I just happen to believe a little bit more in West V right now uh, than I do in Texas because I think their offense is a bit more explosive than Texas. And if thing, this thing becomes a shootout, I don't know if Texas is built for that this year. So I'm rolling uh, with the Mountaineers. Yeah, Ellinger has been all right this year for Texas. You know, they climbed up to what, like number five or number six yeah. last week in the polls. You know, they had that bad loss. Uh, but, yeah, interesting matchup. I still I don't really know what to think of both teams. I Like, I need to see more out of mm-hmm. both. It's just that Big 12 lost paradox syndrome that gets thrown in there. I don't know what teams are good in the Big 12, right. what teams are bad in the Big 12. It is a very, very odd conference. So, yeah, I'm with you, Maddie. I'm going to go West Virginia. But really, I have no clue who's going to win this game. couple interesting Big 10 games here. We'll knock out real quick. Number 16, Iowa versus Purdue Ooh. at 330. Again, um, boy, uh, just Purdue at home. Is I think it's a different team, right? But this yeah. offense going up against an Iowa defense that I've had a lot of respect for, this is a tough one for me to call, but I think I'm going to go with the Boilermakers at home. They're a bit Choo-choo. desperate right now. Choo-choo. I think, look, I, I, I don't know if this is because of the damage they did to Ohio State or my lack of belief in Iowa's offense this year. Their defense is good. Their tight end defense really good, but just offensively, they don't scare me. So I think if this game was flipped and Iowa's at the crib, I'd roll with them, but I'm going to go with the Boilermakers in a bit of an upset. I think this Iowa team is sneaky good. Um, in every facet of their game. Nate Stanley, I think, is pretty good. I know he threw that interception. I mean, listen, they're a play away, you know, last weekend from taking down Penn State. So it's just uh, I I think that Iowa is a very, very good team. Their defense is elite, one of the best in college football. Uh, And this is a team that has a – big couple of games in the next two weeks they have uh they got purdue this week and then they have northwestern next week so they could cement the big 10 west here in the next couple of weeks if they continue to win i think hawkeyes get it done okay. in west lafayette no and i wouldn't be surprised at, that at all I, I just got a lot of respect for purdue's offense all right another well this is 345 yeah number 14 Thanks. penn state versus number five michigan i'm rolling with michigan yep. in this game i think penn state Especially with Trace being a little banged up at the end of the game last week. I know he gutted that thing out, but man, this defense for Michigan is lights out, even with without Rashawn Gary Patterson starting to figure this thing out. And look, you know, I know your guy DPJ has been yep. balling this year. Guess who's lurking in the weeds? Mm-hmm. Tariq Black, yep. who is a big time wide receiver. He comes back off this broken Watch foot. Out. Eventually, Michigan is going to be terrifying to deal with. I'm rolling with the Wolverines at the crib. Yeah, I am too. I think that the big part of this is that Trace McSorley is a little bit banged up. If he was going to be 100%, I think it may be a different ball game. But I think Michigan's humming right now, man. I think that they are a very good team. They're scary. Uh, so, yeah, I think the uh, the Wolverines pulled this one off. All right, here's the big one, right? The 8 oh, o'clock yeah. game on CBS number one, Alabama taking on number three, LSU, the Bayou Bengals down there. Now, look, Alabama has not been pushed the way they're going to be pushed in my mind this Saturday night, especially on the defensive side of the ball. A guy that I absolutely love, and I think he's becoming my favorite defensive player in the country. Old Greedy? Number nine, Delpit. The safety is okay. an absolute 
Oh, keep not your, greedy. Keep, oh, I love me some greedy too, but Delpit, I'm telling you, he is the guy that I always keep my eye on when I watch LSU. I'm doing it. Oh, I'm doing it. Give me the Tigers. They're pulling this thing off, and I don't Go even. Tigers. I, I think this is going to be a shock to Alabama, the Roll Tide Nation, because they haven't been pushed yet. And I think LSU in that environment, it's going to be nuts down there. Give me the Tigers. Joe Burrow, the king of the bayou. Build the damn statue out in front of Death Valley. Yes. No, it what? doesn't happen. Come on. No, I know that Joe Burrow's ready, and I love it. I'm cheering for Joe Burrow. Right. I'm cheering for LSU. Bama are a freak show. They're freaks. All right, so they're, they're going to They're, they're going to roll them? Or Han- is it going to be close? Handily. Wow. Bama rolls. I easy. think this is going to be your classic SEC I 17 14 yeah. type of game. Like, love I think, it. I think that's what we're getting tomorrow. All right, that's it for this week. Hey, give me your score. Come on, man. It's a Friday tradition unlike any other for Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, me forgetting the scores exactly. is now the tradition. Um, I'm going to go with the See, Buckeyes. I was prepared for that. You were. I'm going to go Buckeyes 37, uh, Nebraska 30. All right. 37 to 30. 37 to 30. Close game in the horseshoe against a two-win team. I got Buckeyes <laughs> 52. Whoa. Cornhusker 17. I think it's a oh, massacre. Think I think it's a massacre. Uh... I think it's a Halloween massacre after a bye week. I think Ohio State <laughs> is licking their chops to get out there. It would be shocking to me if Nebraska keeps this thing close. All right, we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to Locked on Buckeyes podcast.